Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today, we are going to be talking about the letter F in our ABC movie series, Fried Green Tomatoes. Yep. And I'm the one who chose this movie. Literally had no idea what it was about at all when I chose it. So watching it for the first time today uh, was definitely an adventure. Yes. Watching it last night was definitely an adventure. I had no idea this movie was going to be like this. <laughs> um, I thought it was going to be maybe more like Steel Magnolias, which is another movie that I haven't seen. But I know it's about a bunch of women. So I think I was just kind of anticipating that. But it's not really like that. It's more about like a couple like friends. It's about two sets of friends, really. Um, yes. So that's, you know, it's a nice story. It's, it's quite sweet because it's, it's about female friendship and I like that. That's nice. Yeah. It's, it is so definitely a movie based off a book. (laughs) Yes. Because there's not really a plot, um, (laughs) at all. But you know, that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's just, it's more of a lingering tale that makes you think about life differently and uh, allows you to look inside other people's lives for a little bit, you know? Yeah, it was definitely an interesting enough movie that made me a little curious to maybe think about reading the book one day. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) What a good way to put it. What a good way to put it. (laughs) To maybe think about reading it. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't be against reading this book. Um... It, like, if I didn't have five other books to read right now, <laughs> and this book just happened to fall from the sky and hit me in the face, like, maybe I would read it. You're so right. Like, I feel like I'm going to read this book when I, I see it in a used bookstore when I'm, like, 45, and I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to read that book, and then just, like, kind of casually pick it up for a dollar and be like, yeah, let's go read this on vacation or something. Yeah, and just be content with your purchase. <laughs> so uh 1991 movie uh so kathy bates is in 1991 uh with jessica tandy and then mary stewart masterson and um mary louise parker are in the past um in like the early 20th century uh with indiana jones with young indiana jones what is it's that they're in the same time period that Indy is in because it's like okay. after the Great War, so it basically takes place like throughout the 1920s and 30s. Okay, yeah, yeah, 
I think that's like generally what what the time period is for the older people for the for the for the people in the past. <laughs> yes, for the for the the other time period that this movie takes place in. <laughs> but okay, so like I was watching it and it's like it's 1991 in the time with Kathy Bates and it is it's crazy, like, watching this movie because it's such a visceral, like, 1991 kind of feeling. And to be around a lot of these, like, cultural touchstones of this, like, period piece of a movie in two different ways, you know, it's like... Well, yeah, because to us, this is also a period piece <laughs> just just from being from 1991. Yes, yes. So, like, <laughs> all of the different things that were showing up with Kathy Bates, like... Her her style, her hair, her house, um, just the way that everything looks in this movie is, like, that was contemporary at the time. And to us, it is, like, old as fuck. But we grew up with a lot of that kind of, like, you know, wood and, like, just that, the tile and the gross, you know, like, to me, it was, like, such a crazy thing to see it. And that was when we were kids, but, you know... Still, it's odd. <laughs> yeah, kind of my first thoughts when this movie kind of started, it felt very dated. Um, it felt a bit... And even with terms of what it was talking about and what it was trying to portray, that seemed almost dated and almost very, like... I don't know. At some points, it felt inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. It, it is a little bit off because it, it is old. Um, I feel like this kind of story could be retold in a better way today. Uh-huh. Uh, but the fact that it was made in the 1990s, it seemed to kind of skip some vital themes and messages that this movie was kind of trying to portray. Um, it It's almost 30 years old, so I feel like we definitely can give it some, like, a leeway for that, you know? Um, but... I mean, sure, sure. I, I thought it was good, and I really enjoyed it, and, and especially the end, I thought the end was good, uh, and I, I liked the looking back on the past situation. Um, the, the, the whole, this, the whole looking back concept, I guess, is, is a useful trope to write a good screenplay that apparently gets nominated for an Oscar. So. Right. And the things I liked about it was I, I loved all of the flashbacks when Iggy was talking about, because, because right, th this lady, this lady was, was Iggy. Ninny right? is Iggy. Yes. Clearly. Ninny it's, is Iggy. It's very clearly, clearly her. She clearly. has the same personality as, as Mary Stuart Masterson's character, Iggy. So I, I thought that was really good. They definitely were very similar. Right. Um, so I really enjoyed the flashbacks with Iggy and Ruth. I really enjoyed their story. Uh, it was a very, I want to say quaint. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. very, it was very fun and cute and quaint. And I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. when, and I loved Kathy Bates's character. Yeah. I just wasn't, and I liked the friendship that they inevitably 
formed with her and Ninny, mm-hmm. but at the very beginning when they were first kind of meeting, I, at first I was like, okay, well, Kathy Bates just, you know, isn't happy with her life and she wants to make a change, but, like, I don't really care about that right now. I really yeah. just want to hear more about Ruth and, Angie Angie. and Ruth. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And then, and then, yeah, as, as Kathy Bates goes on with her life, because this... This friendship that she's made with Ninny, like, happens over, what, a year? Like, yeah. Like, because they start, uh-huh. they start in, like, the spring or something. Uh-huh. And then they, and then it's Halloween, obviously, because they go to the home again with the Halloween stuff, and then they go at Christmas. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And then it kind of, and then she keeps going because, you know, stuff is happening in her life and she's, like, needs someone to vent to. So, yeah, I think this, like, happens over the course of a year. Yeah, Almost. that makes a lot of sense. I wasn't even really paying attention to the passage of time. Um, it was. I was watching this with Kimmy, my little sister, and uh, and every time a new holiday would happen and she would get there, like Ninny would just automatically know where they'd left off, and I was like, "It's yeah. been months. How do you remember I where know. you left I, off?" She just really wanted her to tell the story, which ended up not taking a week, but taking a year. Um, uh, so there's that. Right. But, like, other than that, like, it was a very nice way to tell a story. It's just, it, also, when she's, like, looking back on what happened in their lives, it's, like, the time jumps would be really insane. And the looking back and being, like, well, this is what happened over those years. Um, she got married, and then she was pregnant, and then, she, you know, like... Everything was told to us by Ninny in her, in her narrative structure. So, I don't know. It 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 was it was very convenient that that's the way that the story went, and then they like killed off Mary Louise Parker in the end. You know, like, I you know you one of them had to die. You know, it, it was like when was that gonna happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Right. You're like right. waiting, you're like just waiting for something to happen and it, it starts off with the brother dying, which is a pretty shocking uh part of the movie, to be honest. Yeah, to start off the movie. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um she's yeah, like that was very I had shocking. a crush on my brother. She's like, you know, a young girl. She's like seven or whatever. Um, so she like look really looks up to her older attractive brother. You know, yeah, Robin Hood, yeah, or no, Robin, Robin, not Robin Hood, uh, Robin was... from Batman and Robin. <laughs> Is that really him? Yes, yes, what? that's that's Chris O'Donnell. He plays Robin in Batman and Robin with with George Clooney. Yeah. I think. Oh my God, are you serious? Yes! Wow. I saw his face and I was like, I know who this is. Who is it? And then I had to look it up. And then I actually I recognized. Mary Stewart Masterson as well. Yes, yes. From? Uh, well, I've only seen her in one thing. Yes. What is that thing? <laughs> I hope you've seen this movie, Yes, too. I've seen it. I love it. Bad Girls. Oh, no. I'm talking about Benny and June. <laughs> <laughs> I love Benny and June. Did I watch Benny and June? It's with, um, with, uh... With Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp? Johnny Depp, yes, yes. Okay, all right, okay, I've seen that one, too. Yeah, she's, oh, I did not. She's in that, too. Okay. She no. kind of reminded okay. me of her character, June, 
a little bit because June June has like uh, I think she's like autistic or something. So she's she's kind of strange and um, you know oh, a little I liked out there. Benny and June. I know yeah. she's so cute, yeah. and, and so that was like she she kind of has a similar kind of vibe to her. You know, she's she strikes out on her own. She's really unique, and especially as this character of Iggy, who's a really great character and just like super fiery and wonderful and you know i i love the way that she she uh, embodied that character and i'm sure it, it, as a a character in a book it's probably wonderful for for mary stewart masterson to develop that you know right yeah exactly yeah she like literally never wore dresses she just wore pants uh shorts you know yeah, and I love that very first scene when it's when it's the girl's wedding, and they're like, she's like, Iggy's gonna ruin my wedding, and she just doesn't want to wear her dress, and all the all her brothers are making fun of her because mm. you know she's probably probably usually running around in in pants and shorts and stuff, and now she's wearing this dress, and so they're all making fun of her. Um, but then she wears this cute little yellow. This cute little yellow outfit. I love it so much. <laughs> I know she's so sweet as a little kid. And I, what oh, happened man. to the rest of her family? Because like she had, she had her mother. She had like her older brother who died. But then she also had her older sister, and she had a younger brother. Like what happened to all those people in the movie? They just kind of disappeared. <sighs> yeah, you see, that's another gripe I had with this movie is that they kind of. They give you so much in the very beginning and then just kind of kill it all off at the very beginning as well. Like, at first, I was like, okay, we're just going to see kind of what happens with, with, like, these two families or, you know, this. But then but then you never hear from a lot of them ever again. <laughs> yeah. They conveniently die off or they moved away. Um, and then this little town is just, like, left to to one like restaurant with fried green tomatoes. Um I did like like I really enjoyed the um people of color in this movie. You know, obviously they have a very specific place in this history of of the early, you know, twentieth century. So like just ha- just seeing like Cecily Tyson in in her role of Sipsy was great because I love C- Cecily Tyson. She's a very prolific actress on a bunch of things. Um, so it was, like, great to see her in this movie, but also just, like, you know, seeing that kind of South, like, situation with everybody, like, a, even the women who bind together, it's it's pretty cool that we get that kind of story. It's very different than, like, Gone with the Wind, you know? Right, yeah. Everything seemed a bit more familial and and friendly and loving, um, in some in some respects, I mean, of course, you had to have the opposition with like the KKK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a lot of racist people, and there's like a lot of like and and wife beaters. You know, a lot of the men in this are not good people, except for like um, Grady, I, I guess the guy who like was basically who in a love, sheriff. Yeah, in love with Iggy the whole time. Um, yeah, I'm surprised she didn't marry him. Like, it's kind of strange that she just don't you think she. No, she seemed very... I thought it was more weird that people kept telling her to settle down. I was like, Iggy's not going to do that. But even She's not Ruth that... said it when she was dying. Like, I know, which I was like, I was like, stop pushing it. Iggy's going to be Iggy. I, <laughs> I know. I, I definitely she, was... She never seemed... I was surprised that she actually did eventually. Uh, she said like she 
married to some guy named Cleo or something. I don't, re- I don't remember that. But Ninny, Ninny says that she says, like, well, when she first meets uh, Evelyn, Kathy uh-huh, Bates, uh-huh. she's it's like she the says, very beginning. She says, "I'm an 82 year old widow." Right. She did say that. She did. Yeah. So she must have and married then, someone. Yeah, and then she did say later on that she lived in a house for like 40 years with with her husband Cleo or something. She said she said it. Oh. Okay. So she did later on, <laughs> um, but not but not with Grady. I just expected it to be Grady. I, he was he was the only decent man in this whole movie. She wasn't ready, and you know she said she said to Ruth many times. You know I'm as settled I'm as settled as I need to be. She loved she loved everyone around yeah. her. She loved uh, Ruth and her baby mm-hmm. Buddy Junior. Mm-hmm. She didn't need anyone else. I, I agree. I don't think she needed anybody either. That's good. No, I'm just saying it. It's surprising because Ruth tells her that, you know. But I think she just doesn't want her to be alone and, and sad um, that, you know, Ruth dies. I did like Ruth's death scene, though. I thought it was very tastefully so done. Good. Ve- so very well good. done. I didn't get emotional, but I was definitely like, this is great. Like, I really enjoyed that it was Iggy just telling the story about the the ducks that took away the the lake and uh, it was a beautiful like parallel to Ruth dying and her soul being pulled away you know i it it was very nice i i there were some very nice things in this movie for sure yeah and just that it was like a one still shot where you just have iggy like looking as if she's about to bust into tears mm-hmm. and just probably having probably having a hard time saying this story yeah. in general um because she knows that Ruth is about to leave this earth and um and just having it just sit in this one still shot cuz i i found myself like going back and forth with Iggy like watching her tell the story by the window and then kind of mm-hmm. seeing if Ruth's eyes were still blinking because she kind of starts off blinking a little bit and then her eyes just eventually close and it gets very still. And I was like, oh, what happened? Oh. But it was but it was very peaceful. <laughs> yeah. It's sweet. It's sweet that we have another movie about female friendship after watching uh, Portrait of a Girl on Fire. Um it's kind of interesting that, like, this is the one that comes after that, you know? Because it is, again, about, like, a bond between women, you know? Yeah, a bond between women, just... And then just the obstacles that they kind of face, just as being women and and just in their everyday life. I mean... Mm-hmm. I, especially with Kathy Bates' character, Evelyn. I mean, to see her really take charge of her life uh, is is truly, like, it's it's fun to watch Kathy Bates do this. She's an amazing actress. I love Kathy. Like, especially in this role, I think, like, she just kind of sticks it to the man and tells tells her husband what's up, uh, who would be extremely annoying to me if he just did that, like, the way he treats her, you know? Um, I totally yeah. get what happened to her, you know, like, why she decided this, this for herself. Yeah, and they just start off... And I just... And again, through the beginning of the movie, the two storylines seemed very disconnected, so it was hard kind of like watching Kathy Bates's part when they would come on, because mm-hmm. I was like, no, let's get back to Iggy and Ruth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was very funny, her going to those classes and her, you know, not wanting to look at her own vagina. Yeah, <laughs> and that like, was very funny. And just being, yeah. being so self-conscious about her 
as a woman, Mm -hmm. as well as herself as a wife, and as well as just her as is just like her own her own Evelyn like her own person mm-hmm. like she's just she didn't she just was self-conscious about all these many factors of her life and there just needed to be a change and that's very frustrating she was definitely gonna something was gonna happen I either she got angry at her husband mm-hmm. and yelled at him or did something like but just having it having it that she that she hits these like two young ladies' cars, mm-hmm. car, like six times. Like, yeah, with her she car. like rams into the car. Like, yeah, that was great. Because she's just tired of being pushed around. Because you know we see all these very sad scenes of, you know the 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 ladies take her spot at, at, in the uh, grocery store parking lot, saying that you know they're younger and faster. And then that boy just like shoving her as he leaves. That punk like shoving her. As he leaves the store, and she's like, "Why are you being? What have I done to you? What? Why are you being so mean to me?" Mm-hmm. She just was so great. Like her character and the way that she portrayed this character, she was so believable, so relatable, and so and so relatable, and so like just feeble at first. Yeah, and then just this the complete one eighty where she just becomes a badass. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "I'm taking my friend home with me," you know, and it it's so. It is. It's very sweet, and she stands up for herself, and that, I thought, was a really nice story, and I'm glad it didn't, like, 100% parallel what was going on in the past. So, in that sense, we we had two, like, nice stories. I, I do think the past one was a little unsatisfying, but uh, the the future one was definitely pretty satisfying. The present tense, uh, you know, one. Um, s- something else that really put it in that time of 1991 is that she she starts to make her own money by joining Mary Kay a, a very well-known MLM um which oh yeah is like you know it's interesting because I've been, like been so keenly aware of those now uh that it it's kind of crazy I've been listening to this other podcast called The Dream which I highly recommend at least the first season of it it's basically just all about MLMs and how insane they are. And so just like seeing that was so cringy, but then it was such a, it's such an empowering thing, especially for women of the eighties and the nineties. And before that, you know, to, to become their own woman and to make their own money. And that sounds like very promising, you know? Um, right. So I, it was like at the time it was a respected, like, Oh, she's, she's working for herself, you know? Right. Yeah, just, some, just I mean, I thought I thought the past story was was pretty satisfying, especially with what ended up happening to Ruth's husband. Right? <laughs> can we, can yes. we totally called it? Yeah, when, oh, uh, I called it too. <laughs> I I did not want to believe it. <laughs> yeah, but but at the very but yeah, basically, how did it happen? So after after they have the scene where he gets hit in the head with the pot. And we just don't really know what happened to him. Um, and they have the... I saw... I've, I've noticed a lot of the same, like, uh, clips being used. Like, you know, them stirring... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, uh, they start that and stirring the, the big boiling pot. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny because it just... It was exactly like all the other ones. Like, they just used the <laughs> same cut to put that scene in there. Um, and then we have... Uh, what was his name? Big George or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like chopping at the meat, and Kimmy was like, "They ate him." And I was like, "I was like, <laughs> no, 
I was like, no. Oh. Yeah, they ate him. And they fed him to the detective. They fed him to the detective. <laughs> so what was interesting was that was the only kind of tall tale-esque thing that happened in this movie. So you know Big Fish? The yes. movie? Yes. So to me, I feel like this story would have benefited from having more tall tale moments like that. Because it just seemed kind of out of place at the end um, that they just, like, all of a sudden they just fed this human to other humans. Like, it would have been, you know, like, Big Fish is great because it's the same kind of idea that they're, like, looking back on a young man's life. And, right. and, and it's got that, like, very fairy tale kind of feeling to it in the past, um, which makes me, like, believe that, like, why would anyone feed somebody else like feed somebody to somebody else that's that's crazy you know so uh, it, to me it like that's that was great and everything but it's like it made it so unrealistic you know it's like what <laughs> they would who would do that right no i completely agree like the fact and and not to mention the this whole town seemed almost not unrealistic but it seemed very produced like it yeah, looked, yeah. it looked like a set. It looked like <laughs> it couldn't have really been a real place. It, the things that kind of happened were so like, not hokey, but like you know, with the, with the church and the three day, uh, like event that they have. It seems very, it seems very small town, which I know that none of us are really, really know are aware about our experience, but like. It just seemed, it seemed, it seemed almost fake to me. Like, just well, the fact that... Yeah, not to mention they had, like, an entire, like, restaurant run by two women. Like, and nothing went wrong. Like, it was fine. You know? I mean, I guess more things could have gone wrong. But, I mean, they did have, they did have the whole... Murder uh, thing. Raid. Murder, the raid, uh, with the KKK. Yeah, and... yeah, true, true, true. True, true. <laughs> and then, of course, Ruth's husband kind of coming. I mean, of course, it all had to deal with men. But, yeah, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. The um, one thing to keep to keep the ladies down is a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they make it hard for everyone. Um, sure do. Yeah. So there's that. But yeah, it did it did feel a little bit fake. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think it it's it is a good movie. I think it's not a bad movie. I really. I enjoyed it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again uh, until I read the book when I'm, like, 50 years old. Yeah, also, now let's promise to each other that we'll uh, we'll read the book together when we're 50. <laughs> That's our pact. We're going to do, do that together. Yeah, <laughs> like, we are. do a pact. Yeah. I I want to say that even though I liked how the 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 Kathy Bates story ended with, with Ninny... I didn't really like how it ended with her husband because it just kind of seemed oh, yeah. like they didn't resolve it. Kathy, yeah, like Evelyn made all these changes and bettered herself, but her husband like didn't really. He just kind of stayed the same person, which again could be a parallel between like you know women can really only help themselves, and then you know the guys have to help themselves on their own, but they always expect the lady to help fix them or something like you know something yeah. like that. Yeah, or just. A man's a man, you know, it just, it's, it's, which is, which again, kind of brings back the whole dated 
possibly inappropriate <laughs> like storylines, mm-hmm. uh, messages, and themes. Because um, I don't know, it just seemed very seemed very anti man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's it. That's the that was it's the same as Portrait of a Lady on Fire, you know. Well, yeah, but at least Portrait of a Lady on Fire was a lot more subtle about it, <laughs> and that and that made it artful. It was artfully against the man. <laughs> this one was just blatantly. We gotta read these give... uh, plot keywords, dude. Oh, do we? Oh, let's see. Well, let me read let's... the tagline. You can read the plot keywords. All right. Okay. The tagline is, the secret of life, the secret's in the sauce. Guess what else is no! in the sauce? No! No. Uh, it's that, uh, oh, man. it's like in The Help when when she bakes that pie with the poop in it. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, it's got a similar vibe to that, for sure. You know what the secret to the sauce is? A wife beater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. Goodness gracious. All right. Um, let's see. So the plot keywords for this movie are domestic violence, weight loss, cannibalism, three word title, nursing home. Wow. Well, I don't think you get a, a more sense complete... of this movie from, the, from those at all. Yeah. If I, if so I were to look what? at those words, just those five words... I would not think I would, this I wouldn't movie. have watched this movie. No, but I like, wouldn't have watched it. I think, like, if I was going to put a movie to those plot keywords, it, it it would be like a it would be like a horror movie. It would be like, you know, some oh yeah, some yeah. scary horror movie. Like, it's really not like that at all. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. Uh, oh yeah, another thing that kept coming up was uh, Kimmy. Kimmy and I were getting mad because. Uh, you know, when Buddy dies and Iggy kind of distances herself from her family and kind of goes off and starts gambling and uh-huh. probably drinking. and But, you know, none of that's really, it's implied, but it's not showed. What Kimmy and I saw was, you know, Iggy was just acting more like more like a man and not like a lady. And her mom was just not happy about it. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, yeah. That was kind of, that was... That was what we got from it. I mean, she was probably gambling. She was probably drinking. She was probably, you know, she was running around. Uh, she was running a Being luck. a rabble rouser. Yeah, being a rabble rouser, exactly. <laughs> you know, shouting things at the at the preacher man that were inappropriate and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. So that's just, I don't know. Those are just my, my little thoughts on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we did mention that it was nominated for two Oscars. Um, one for... Jessica Tandy as Best Actress in a Supporting Role and one uh, for Best Writing for Adapted Screenplay, um, in which it was adapted by the author Fanny Flagg and another screenwriter, Carol Sobieski, who um, it says that her nomination was posthumous and she died from liver disease before the, the film even got released. So that's sad. Oh no! But she the, wrote a lot of other the things. Yes, the 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 no, not the author. The screenwriter. There's two screenwriters, two women, oh, okay. and uh, she died when she was 51 years old in 1990. She had already she had written a lot of other movies, like lots and lots of movies, um, including Annie, the the old the good one from 1982. Oh, the, the good one. Okay, good. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Wow, okay. So that's that's oh, sad right. that she died, but uh, yeah, she did get nominated, and I think Jessica Tandy was great. I, I wish... I mean, I really liked uh, Kathy Bates in this movie. I thought she was fantastic. So good. I, I mean, it's crazy she didn't get nominated. She was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that surprises me. She got nominated this year, so... You don't, do you remember? All right. What, what? Oh, she got nominated. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, oh, yes, that did happen, didn't it? That did happen. So I guess we'll just oh, pop man. over to the Metascore now. Um, it got pop a on over. 64 Metascore, which is, like, good. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. It's green. Um, I'm going to read this Roger Ebert one. It's green like a green tomato. Go ahead. It, it, yeah, like a fried green tomato. Okay. Uh, Chicago Sun-Times, Roger Ebert. Fried green tomatoes is fairly predictable, and the flashback structure is a distraction. But the strength of the performances <laughs> overcomes the problems of the structure. I especially liked Mary Stuart Masterson's work, and then I nearly always do see her in some kind of wonderful. And I enjoyed the vigor in which Jessica Tandy and her long-ago tale about a woman not completely unlike herself. Uh, so... <laughs> Despite all of its flaws, Roger Ebert gave it a seventy-five. So, yeah, and it sounded like it sounded like they did not like it. I um, mean, it, yeah, but he, it's 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 a, at least one thumb up, right? So it seems like with that with that review, uh, Roger Ebert just really didn't like the flashbacks, which I, which I really enjoyed. I liked, I think he he mostly just didn't enjoy the structure of the movie, which is uh, okay. the flashbacks as in, like, the structure of the flashbacks, so the present and the okay. past situation. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll agree with that. They kind of, when they happened, they were kind of, they happened. Yeah, like, it was very startling. Like, flashback. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. This came out of nowhere. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. The Seattle Times has an interesting one. Is that what you were talking about? Um, no, but I'll read it. The Seattle Times gave it a 63. It's all over the place. <laughs> Trying to cover every base as it delivers its neon-style message. And nothing is more important than friendship. Indeed, it's so busy pushing buttons that it rarely has time to settle down to establish even one relationship that rings true. By and large, we have to take the actor's word for it. Yet fans of this cast probably won't mind too much. Wow, that's pretty scathing. And still gave it a sixty-three. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the rest of it is pretty pretty soft. The Austin Chronicle kind of says something similar. While fried green tomatoes often veers between being too pat and too vague, too obvious and too unclear, too much of the I laughed, I cried school of storytelling, it still has a charm that stems from its vivid and unique characterizations. Wow, these these are pretty like. I, I don't know. They're very back and they forth. They sound like they don't like them, but then give them a high <laughs> score. I don't. I mean, not a high score, but like gives them a, gives them at least a higher than a sixty. Interesting. Well, why don't you read well, one of I'm the really the... low ones or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do the Chicago Tribune that gave it a fifty. Um, it's meant to be uplifting, but the material is so undernourished that bench pressing a phone book already seems beyond it. <laughs> 
None of the characters has been filled out beyond the underlying conventions and the few distinctive mannerisms contributed by the actresses who portray them. Oh, man. Wow. I I really enjoy these old older film critics. Like, every time you watch a movie that has older film critics, I'm like, they spoke so eloquently and, like, wonderful. Like, a lot of these, like, metascores that we read these days, it's like, these long drawling sentences and they're just like not getting to their points you know and these guys are so succinct yeah i agree with that wow we're gonna start i mean we're gonna start like rating the raider you're like (laughs) judging the judges (laughs) oh i mean i feel like we do that we do that if it's necessary (laughs) it's true i've just like stopped trusting variety because i just don't believe them anymore Yeah, we're just not going to read variety metascores anymore. Well, the problem is that it just I see so much stuff that I don't like from variety that I'm just like, how could you possibly know what a good movie is if you think Cats is going to get nominated for an Oscar? I just don't understand. That was just for clickbait. Oh, that was such for clickbait. But that, that's what makes me mad is that there's these very, yeah. like, nice, wonderful, like, the media that you you know and trust is now turning into clickbait and it's just sad to see that happen yeah exactly it's and not just variety for... i'm not saying it's just for, you know no i mean a lot of stuff gets very clickbaity around like oscar times when when the theories are coming out and the nominations are about to be released i'm and... not even just talking about movies i'm talking about general news just... and everything right. that's going on today they just exactly you know yeah it's aggravating i mean do you i feel like clickbait is almost like a part of advertising in today's media like you just you have to make something sound so over the top or so crazy or so unbelievable that someone has to look in and read it yeah and you know what works doesn't work on me (laughs) all the way over there like especially when it comes to like youtubers and like like uh i'm spilling the tea about this it's like i don't i don't <laughs> care i really don't care uh, uh well okay what's our next uh letter um i don't have the list up so oh, oh wait no i know i know i do know wait <laughs> g wait yes yes what is my it? movie what? that i picked you picked it goodwill hunting oh yes i'm gonna be excited to watch that i'm missing boston yeah did you not remember so you're hoping that i would remember i didn't remember i yeah i'm so glad that you remembered um amazing to double check that that is in fact i believe it is because i've never seen goodwill hunting and i know i've always wanted to see it uh it's it's gonna be fun i'm i'm excited to to get to get into that i'm i'm opening opening it up let's see movie alphabet goodwill hunting it is great goodwill hunting it is yep all right have you seen that movie yes okay all right okay so it's it's gonna be a new experience for me i'm excited (laughs) i'm really excited to see uh to see uh robin williams haven't seen his beautiful face in a while yeah so that'll be fun. I'm really excited. 
All right. Uh, oh, we should we should end the we should end the episode. <laughs> okay, okay. If you if you watch Fried Green Tomatoes and, and you enjoy that movie, please let us know your thoughts. We would like to know. You know, did you go see this in theaters? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to know what was what was your experience like. Uh, please comment on a. Uh, uh, Facebook, just search All By The Popcorn Podcast and like our page. Also, please uh, please rate our little show. We like to know what you guys think of it, and it helps others find find our podcast. If they're looking for another movie podcast to listen to, uh, you can rate our show on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Uh, if you need notifications on future episodes that we release, please follow our social media. We've got Twitter at by the popcorn and Instagram at all by the popcorn podcast and we have merch. Yeah, so please follow us for all that stuff and uh, we'll talk oh, to you the guys. Emails. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you would want to email us, please email us at all by the popcorn podcast at gmail dot com or all by the popcorn at gmail dot com. Thank you. Th- thank you all for listening. Stay inside. Stay safe. Stay quarantined. Bye. 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 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.